0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, bring you the Lux Radio Theater. Starring Frank Sinatra, Katherine Grayson, and Gene Kelly in Anchors Away. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley.
2: Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. And to that, may I add very special holiday greetings. This time of year calls for music, gaiety, and laughter. And so we've gone out of our way to bring you all three in a play that so many of you have requested. Metro-Golden-Mare's great screen hit, Anchors Away. And to do it full justice, we present its three original stars, Frank Sinatra, Catherine Grayson, and Gene Kelly, in a delightful comedy romance highlighted by unforgettable songs. Songs I'm sure you'll all be humming as you leave the theater humming tomorrow, maybe, as you wash those dishes in rich, mild Lux suds. For especially this time of year, when entertaining is an almost daily ritual and time is precious, I'm sure Lux Flakes are brightening the holidays by helping you care for your nice things more easily and quickly. And in that way, they're promising a Happy New Year to you all. It's time for Anchors Away, and here's our first act. Starring Frank Sinatra as Clarence Doolittle... Catherine Grayson as Susan... and Jean Kelly as Joe Brady. It's toward the end of the war... and one of our fighting ships... has just dropped anchor in the harbor of San Pedro, California. Among the sailors granted a four-day leave... after eight months at sea are Joe Brady and Clarence Doolittle. Joe, with his first step on shore, instinctively dashed for the nearest telephone. Clarence, as always, tagging at his heels. Gosh, Joe, looks
3: like every sailor who got
2: leave wants a telephone.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Hey, pipe down, will you? Hello. Hello, Miss Laverne? Miss Lola Laverne? Come on, come hey, on. shut up, you guys, will you? Yeah, can't you see he's talking to his girl? Is this the face that launched a thousand ships? Yeah. Yeah, it's Joe, all right. Hello, you beautiful creature. How do you like that? Well, it'll be a couple hours before I hit Hollywood, honey. Oh, I know what you mean, baby. Oh, can you wait? Boy, what
5: technique?
4: let's decide that later, baby. After eight months at sea, all I want to do is look at you for a long time. Sure, I'll hurry. Goodbye, honey.
6: Oh, Oh, thanks, fellas. Thanks. Really nothing at all. Nothing at all. Hurry up. The buses
4: are leaving for Hollywood. Hollywood. Hey, here we go, Clarence. Oh, you beautiful, gorgeous dames, you. Here we come. Now, look, Clarence. Ever since we got to Hollywood, you've been following me. You got a date, haven't you? Uh-uh. Well, I thought you.
3: Uh-uh. Hmm? It's always been like this, Joe. Every time we hit port, all I do is go to the library. So you like books. What's the beef? Well, I thought it'd be fun to try something different. You know, like going out with girls. But, uh, I don't know how to begin. Ah,
4: don't give me that, Clarence. After all, you're from Brooklyn.
3: Uh, Joe, even in Brooklyn, things can go wrong. What do you mean? Well, right from boys' high school, I went to the cathedral, see, and I was, I was the assistant choir master. Oh. Yeah, right from there, of course, I went into the Navy. And I, I wouldn't tell that to anyone but you, Joe. Well, do you want a couple of phone numbers? Thanks, but I'd be too scared to use them. But when you mentioned Lola, I thought you'd Lola? Me... Hey, are you kidding? Well, if I could go with you, I could learn something. After all, Joe, everybody knows you're the best wolf in the Navy. And besides, you gotta help me. What do you mean, I gotta help you? Well, didn't you save my life when I fell overboard? I didn't ask you to save my life, so now you're responsible for me. So now I'm re... How do you like this guy? Well, look, Joe, what's the sense in having your life saved if you can't have any fun with it? Well,
4: look, if I find a dame for you and get you started, will you call it quits?
3: Gee, that'd be swell, Joe. I'm certainly... Hey, Joe. Hey, look, that that police car, Joe. Well, what about it? Joe, that cop...
2: Hey, you say this! Come here, you guys. Hey, wait a minute. What's the idea? Let's not have any unpleasantness, fellas. Now just get in the car. Hey, what
4: do we do? Look, I got
3: a we'll
2: date. I'll tell I... you all about it at headquarters. Well, I found a couple of sailors, Captain. Here they are. Yeah. What's
4: the charge? What's the big idea, Holland no, I'll take
2: this... it easy, sailor. If you've been inconvenienced, I'm sorry. But you see this kid
3: here? Sure, I see this kid. Well, he's here. run away from home. He won't tell us who he is or where he lives. I'm going nuts.
4: Well, what will he tell you? That he ran away to join the navy. Oh. Oh, I see. Uh, hi, Admiral.
7: Hi, Sailor.
4: So you want to join the Navy, huh? Aye, aye, sir. Okay. Attention. State your name and rank.
7: Donald Martin, sir. Boy.
4: Hmm. <laughs> Where do you live?
7: One five one five Foothill Road.
4: Hey, just like Daddy tells him. He wouldn't tell us nothing. Well, look, uh, mate. It's like this. Before they'll take you in the Navy, you got to have a letter from your mother or father saying it's okay. See?
7: But I don't have a mother or father anymore. Oh. Uh. You think a letter from
4: my Aunt Susie would be okay? Well, sure. Why not? Okay, McGinley. Drive them all over to the kid's house. Oh, no. Nothing doing. Oh, we don't mind, Joe. It'll take you five minutes. No, no, I can't. I got Look, what am I gonna do about Lola? She's waiting for... Well, look, are you sure it'll only take five minutes? Maybe less
2: even. Come on, kid. Here we go.
4: Okay, Donald, what goes? I thought you said your Aunt Susie was here.
7: She lives here. But she went out tonight.
4: And left a nice little kid
7: like
2: you all alone.
7: Oh, but Mrs. Murphy was here. See, she left a note.
4: Give me that. Dear Miss Abbott, Donald was a very good boy. He's fast asleep, so I went home. Mrs. Murphy.
7: Huh. She only thought it was fast asleep.
2: Yeah. Uh, fellas, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I don't want you to think I'd walk out on you, but... Uh... Hey, where are you going? I'm leaving. I got a date with a girl. Wow. Well, that's just great.
4: What do you think I got a date with a duck?
2: Well, anyway, you want to talk to her aunt, don't you? Thanks, fellas. Say, if
3: he can blow, I can blow. Lola. Now, way- Joe, now, wait a minute, Joe. You oh. can't leave me here. What about my being a wolf? You promised me.
7: And you well, both promised me you'd talk to Aunt Susie. If you don't help me, what'll I do? Oh,
4: pipe down a minute, will you?
7: What are you so worried about?
4: Huh? Oh, uh, things, sailor, things. You, you'll understand when you get older. They used to say that to me, too, Donald.
7: Well, did you understand when you got older?
4: Nope. <laughs> Uh, that Aunt Susie, what can an old lady be doing out this time of night? Hey, Joe, there she is.
7: Hi, Aunt Susie.
3: Hey, Joe, that ain't an old lady. That's a young lady.
4: Well, what got you home so early, your feet give out? What?
8: And just who are you? Leaving this
4: little kid all alone while you're out having a big time.
8: Would you mind uh, telling me what you're
4: doing here? Oh, sure. We're a couple of guys the police called in when they found this kid wandering around the boulevard.
7: Donald? I uh, uh, well,
6: just a moment. Uh, uh, I... Don't
4: apologize to us. Don't apologize. Come on, Clarence. Well. Well, goodbye.
7: Joe, but you promised me. Joe, you
8: promised.
4: What? Hey, Joe, the kid's crying.
8: Wait a minute, please. Give me a chance to explain. Okay,
4: you're very sorry, but my pal and I have got plans, see? We'd like to get going. Oh, I haven't got a thing to do. Well,
8: Well, I just thought if you could stay for a little while. You see, Donald's so upset, and I... Well, I...
4: Oh, now, wait a minute, Donald. What is this?
7: But you promised me, Joe, a letter. Joe, don't go, don't go.
4: Oh, look at him, Joe. He's hugging you. What letter? Well, uh, the kid wanted to join the Navy, see? And I told him about needing a letter from his folks.
7: If you give it to me now, Aunt Susie, I can leave with Joe. Can't I, Joe?
4: Well, uh, well, uh, sure, but, uh, well, there's a couple of things besides a letter, like, uh, well, like, uh, can you, can you read and write? Ah, well, you can't read and write. You think the Navy takes dopes?
7: Not ever.
4: Well, uh, maybe sometimes, <laughs> huh, Clarence? <laughs> yeah, but even dopes have to read and write.
7: What'll I do? Well, the
8: first
4: thing you gotta do is study real hard. Before you know it, you won't be a dope.
8: All right, Donald. Now, what about
7: bed? Okay, Aunt Susie, but Joe's got to tuck me in. Now, really, Donald.
4: Oh,
3: we'd be very happy to put him to bed, won't we, Joe? Huh? Joe, what's the matter, Joe? You got such a
4: funny look on your face. You're all purpley-like.
7: Okay, kid, now close those peepers
4: and hit the sack. Come on.
7: Joe, you're coming back to see me?
4: Promise? Sure, I'll come back, sure. Come on, Clance, let's blow.
7: Wait, I always get sung to sleep.
4: Look what wants to join the Navy. Okay, Clarence, you're the choir master around here. Sing to him. Oh, ah, Joe. Go ahead, sing. Oh.
3: Lullaby and good night With roses bedight Bright angels around My darling shall stand Lay thee down now and rest. May thy slumber be blessed. Lay thee down now and rest. May thy slumber. He's asleep, Aunt Susie.
8: I don't know how to thank you. Anyway, I've made some coffee and sandwiches. Sorry, we
3: gotta get going.
8: Oh.
3: Uh, Goodbye, Aunt Susie, and thanks. Thanks
7: again.
4: But where are we going, Joe? I better phone Lola. That that looks like a bar down the street. I'll phone from there.
3: Uh, Joe, wait a minute. There's something I gotta talk to you about. What? About getting a girl, I mean. Joe, I've seen the
4: one I want. You mean... Oh, no, Clarence, no. Oh, Joe, remember, you promised me. Okay, I promised you, but I didn't promise you Aunt Susie. Now, come on, get in the cafe. I got a
6: phone.
4: But, Lola, baby, I know you're tired, but... What do you mean it's for my sake? Huh? Okay, okay. No, no, I'm not sore. I'll be by tomorrow. Ten o'clock? In the morning? Well... Sure, Lola, if that's what you want. Uh, All right, goodbye, baby.
3: Gee, Joe, that's tough. Yeah. Joe. What do you want? I don't want to keep messing up your plans, but... Well, we won't have to look for a girl for me anymore. We've already found Aunt
4: Susie. No. I'm gonna find you a dame that's a dame, see? But right now, we have got to find a place to sleep. Come on, we'll look up the nearest USO. (laughs) Bed's down there, fellas. Thanks, pal. First nice leave for you guys?
3: Yeah. Well, what do you say? Do you want to talk? Oh, sure. We got in a little trouble, didn't we, Joe? We picked up a little kid, see? Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> and what a little kid that was. What? <laughs> And what another little kid that she had waiting for us when we got home. Oh, oh, yeah. Such trouble we should run into every night of our life, huh, Clarence? <laughs> yeah. I tell you, never have I seen such dames. Now, take this blonde. Not that there was anything wrong with that redhead of yours, huh, Clarence? Oh, no, no. She was uh, she was rather interesting. Interesting? You guys should have seen this kid work. Arr, arr, arr. Ooh. Well, come on, sailor, give. Well, uh... We take the dames home, see? Yeah, yeah, you took the dames a home. A little slow at first, a little slow, but, um... Well, anyway, I asked my girl for a kiss. Oh, you yeah. yeah, yeah. did? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, she says, uh, no. Well, who won? You were these dames. What happened? Well, I'll tell you. I begged her.
3: That's only the way he started.
4: I pleaded.
3: You should have seen this boy operate.
4: I told her, baby come out of your shell. I told her, maybe you'll find that it's swell. What technique, huh? I
3: argued. Never saw such a stubborn dame in my life. I threatened. This kid's got muscles, too.
6: Ah. I said, you
4: can't send me home, not like this. And I finally got that kiss. You tell her, Brooklyn. Yeah, tell yeah. her how it happened. She begged me.
3: True. Oh, true, true. She pleaded. Cut down on a bended knee to him. She told me, baby, come on out of your shell. Ah, oh, this boy was sensational. She told me, maybe. You'll find that it's well. Tell them, the Rook, I'm telling them. She argued. They fought like wildcats. Then she <laughs> <laughs> threatened. Practically threw a gun on the boy. She said you can't go away. Not like this. What happened? Then she finally got her <laughs> kid.
1: just a moment, our stars will return with Anchors Away. Why are you looking in the mirror, Libby?
9: Oh, I'm wondering if I'm getting old. Here's Peggy Ann Garner, who was practically a child yesterday, having her first screen romance in Thunder in the Valley.
1: Mm, That's quite a leap. Who's the lucky man?
9: A 20th century fox chose Lon McAllister. Oh, it's a very touching love story with Peggy Ann and Lon playing the part of children of simple Scottish shepherds. And there's a dog in it who really rings your heart.
1: How does Peggy like growing up?
9: Well, she says the hardest part of Thunder in the Valley was making her first love scenes for the screen. But in real life, she loves being grown up enough to wear the new look.
1: And graduate from bobby socks to nylons?
9: (laughs) That's right. She still gets a kick out of dressing for a date in a long dress and beautifully sheer nylons.
1: I hope she knows how to take care of her nylons.
9: Well, of course. She follows the example of the studio and always uses Lux.
1: A very sound idea, seeing that Lux flakes make nylons last twice as long. Scientific strain tests proved that.
9: Oh, Peggy Ann is a Lux fan. And no smart girl would ever let her nylons be washed with a strong soap or rubbed with cake soap. She knows those things make runs come quickly.
1: Just what our strain tests showed. Stockings washed with Lux lasted twice as long.
9: Well, the young fry like that idea. It's just like getting an extra pair of nylons every time they buy a pair.
1: Let's suggest this New Year's resolution to all the women in our audience. For longer wear,
2: give Nylon's Nightly Luxe Care. We return you now to William Keeley. Act Two of Anchors Away, starring Frank Sinatra as Clarence Doolittle, Catherine Grayson as Susan, and Gene Kelly as Joe. Well, it's the following day. And has Joe Brady, at long last, had his date with Lola? Well, what do you think, with Clarence around?
3: But, Joe, I had to let you sleep, Joe. You look so peaceful there in bed. And besides, you needed to rest badly, didn't you, Joe? Like I need a hole in the head. When I did wake up, when I phoned Lola, you know what she told me to do? Well, do you? Now, Joe, no rough stuff now, Joe. Joe, lay off, will you, Joe?
2: Now, late in the afternoon, and much against his better judgment... Joe has allowed Clarence to talk him into calling on Donald and Aunt Susan.
8: Oh, what a nice surprise. Well,
4: we promised Donald we'd come back, and Clarence here bought him some toys. Oh,
8: Mr. Doodle, how sweet of you.
4: Oh, that's okay. Where is Donald?
8: Donald's still in school. Won't you sit down?
4: Say, uh, speaking of Donald, aren't you a little young to be bringing up a kid?
8: Well, I'm all the family he has. I, I know it's hard on Donald. I mean, I never know when the studios are going to call me, like last night.
4: Oh, you you were working last night. Mm-hmm. I thought you were out on a date. Oh, an actress, huh? Well, what do you know? Yeah, she wears movies.
8: Well, I'm not really an actress, uh, just an extra. Uh, what I really want to do is sing.
3: Well, why don't you?
8: Oh, that's easy to say. Oh well, there's always a chance that someone will hear me. There's some really great musicians at the studios, Stakowski and Jose Iturbe.
3: Iturbe, huh? Mm-hmm.
8: And then whenever I can sing, I, I sing in a little Mexican cafe. As a matter of fact, I'm singing there tonight. So if you'll excuse me, I'd better run up and change. Well, if
4: you want somebody to hear you sing, here's your boy right here, Clarence. What? Clarence? Well,
3: sure. He used to be the assistant. Now, oh, wait a minute, Joe. Careful. Remember what you promised well, me. Well,
4: anyway, you know that fellow you mentioned before a Turby? Well, Clarence and a Turby are just like this. Pulse. No, Cla- Joe, please, Joe. Well, why not tell her? Look, Aunt Susan, while you change your dress, Clarence will call up a Turby and arrange for him to hear you sing.
8: Oh, Clarence, do you really mean that?
4: Certainly he means it, don't you, Clarence? Yeah, yeah, I guess I do, yeah.
8: Oh, how can I ever thank you, Clarence?
4: There, you see? You see? She's grateful to you already. Now you get a date with
8: her and. Uh...
4: But, Joe. Joe, so I don't know it, Turby. You lied to her, Joe. You told me you knew a guy named a Turby in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Maxi-Turby's a butcher. (laughs) Details. Always worrying about details. I tell you, Clarence, it's a cinch.
8: Well, Clarence, did you speak to him, mister E-Turby? Of
4: course he did, and you got an audition.
8: When? When did he say?
4: When? Go ahead, Clarence. Tell her when. Uh, Um, Saturday. Saturday morning at
8: 1115. Oh, I just don't know how to thank you. It's... Well, it's about the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me.
4: Look, uh, Clarence has so many things to tell you. Why don't you two go to that Mexican place together, have dinner, and talk it over?
8: Well, I think that would be a wonderful idea.
4: Uh, yes, well, uh, Joe, you
3: better come, too.
4: Oh, oh no, I, cu- I couldn't do that. I
3: couldn't. I've, I've got a date. Oh, Joe, you said you weren't meeting Lola till 10 o'clock?
8: Well, you two work it out while I call Mrs. Murphy. She's coming over to stay with Donald again.
3: What do you want to drag me along for? Because I don't know what turby told me on the phone. <laughs> okay, okay,
4: but I'm blowing early, do you understand? Early. Yeah, early. <laughs> Senoras
2: y senores, we are very happy to have once again... Miss Susan Abbott to sing for us.
5: Where's me?
3: Susie, you were wonderful.
8: Oh, well, thank you. Where's Joe?
3: Oh, Joe went to make a phone call. Oh. Yeah, he's a pretty busy guy. He is? Yeah, he's the most wonderful wolf in the whole Navy.
8: Oh. Well, what about you, Clarence?
3: Oh, I'm fine.
8: Well, <laughs> what I mean is, what sort of work do you do in the Navy? Gun crew. Hmm. Is it interesting? It's keen. <laughs> well, that's nice. And, um... oh. We missed you.
3: Oh, I'll bet you did, huh, Clarence? Hey, Joe, try these enchiladas. They're murder.
2: Susita, your song was best yet.
8: Thank you, Pedro. Pedro, guess who I'm going to sing for on Saturday morning? Jose E. Turby. Susita, excuse please. I tell Mama. Uh,
4: hey, uh, Susie, it's
3: only an audition. Do you think you ought to tell people? Yeah, what if everything didn't go just right?
8: Well, you've given me my opportunity, and if I fail now, well, it's my own fault. Uh-huh.
4: Well, uh huh. Well, say, Clarence, uh, why don't you dance with Susan?
8: I'd love to,
3: Clarence Uh, Thanks, but (laughs) I don't know how to dance Joe will be glad to dance with you, Susan Huh?
4: Well? Oh, 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 sure
3: Gee, look at him dancing Joe's a wonderful dancer I'm such a coward I don't know why, either Why do I freeze when Susie just looks at me? What makes people act this way about people? Ah, what makes anything? What makes the sun set? What makes the moon rise? What makes the tide remember to hide? And why does it soon rise? What makes a star fall? Why does its flight make us stop in the night And wish as we all do And what holds a cloud together And what makes the sky so blue What makes the sun set? What makes the moon rise? Is it my love for you?
10: Gee, a person could die from such singing.
3: Hey Who are you?
10: One of the waitresses.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You're from Brooklyn.
10: Yeah. How do you know, you two?
3: Yeah, Flatbush.
10: Green paint. Well, how how do you like like that? that? (laughs) you here all alone?
3: No, I'm with a girl. She's dancing, see?
10: Huh? Oh, oh, Miss Abbott, huh? Oh, she's a swell girl, all right.
3: Yeah, only I don't know how to talk to her. I can't ever talk to girls at all.
10: Well, you're talking to me, aren't you?
3: Oh, it's sure different. You're from Brooklyn.
10: Yeah. Yeah, I know.
8: Excuse me, Joe. What did you say?
4: I said, most girls are so easy to figure out. They are? Yeah, but. Well, you, you're. Well, one time you look kind as if you knew all the answers, and then ten minutes later, you're like a little kid. Just when a guy starts thinking maybe I ought to buy you an ice cream cone or a doll or something. Or... All of a sudden, you're grown up again. I am? Yeah. Yeah, and everything gets all kind of mixed up and and interesting. I I mean... Well, I mean... Well, that's what Clarence said about you. You know, he thinks about you all the time.
8: He does? Well, who do you think about, Joe? Well, I...
4: Oh, I I don't know, Aunt Susie. Right now, I'm a little confused about everything I... All of a sudden, I... Let's get back to the table,
3: Did you hear what Aunt Susie said when we brought her home, Joe? She said she didn't know when she'd been so happy. Yeah, why shouldn't
4: she be happy with that big, beautiful audition coming up? Oh, it's turby. Joe, what'll I do? Yeah, and what'll I do? When I called Lola tonight from that Mexican joint, she
3: hung up on me. Joe, look, you just gotta get to a turby. I don't know how, but the first thing tomorrow morning, you gotta go to that movie studio and talk to a turby. <laughs>
11: Office. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Whitney, but Mr. Eterby isn't in. Yes, yes, I'll tell him you called. Now well, then, you're Mr. Brady. Yeah,
4: I wanted to see. If m- you'll
11: sit down over there, Mr. Eterby should be here shortly. Oh,
4: thanks a lot, Miss.
11: Mm, strange, you didn't tell me you had an
4: appointment. Come in.
8: And my name is Susan Abbott, and I have an appointment to see Mr. Eterby. Oh, hello
4: there. Don't you ever speak
8: to sailors, lady? Well, Joe, what are you doing
6: here? I
4: well, uh... Clarence is off having a little chat with Jose, and I'm waiting for him to come back. Come on, let's go have a Coke or something. Well, I was just... Saturday, uh, on, it sad, Come on, Susan, let's go.
8: Joe, I, I don't understand. Well,
4: uh, I don't understand either. What are you doing here at the studio?
8: Well, I'm working here today as an extra, so I thought I'd... And
4: that's where you almost made a terrible mistake. Boy, are you lucky I was in a Turby's office to stop you.
8: But, Joe, why?
4: Well, well look... You go to see Mr. Aturby now. You try to talk to him, see? Well, he's polite, but very busy, and it, it's just no good. But if you wait till Saturday morning, well, Turby's expecting to see one of these big, beefy opera singers, and, and you walk in, you'll look like a million dollars. Oh, believe me, Aunt Susie, you'll kill him.
8: Well, yes, maybe that would be better, Joe.
4: Sure. So come on, let's have that Coke. <laughs> What happened, Joe? How come you didn't see a turby? I ran into Susie. That's how come. You mean she she still thinks she's seeing him on Saturday? No, don't worry, kid. Uh, we'll get to a turby and tell him it's just a gag. And, well, they say he's a swell fella. And, well, maybe he'll let her sing for him after all. Uh, I don't know.
3: Joe, Joe, about tonight, you'll you'll come with me when I go down to the cafe, won't you?
4: No, Clarence. Sir. You see, well, well that's Susie. You know, she's okay. You see her alone
10: for heaven's sake, look who's here
3: Oh, hello, Brooklyn Yeah, I got a date with Susie I'm early
10: You look like you were going to a funeral What's the matter?
3: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be alone with her tonight And I won't even know what to say I'm such a dope
10: Oh, what's wrong with you? Why, last night, the face note I heard you sing I knew you were the romantical type now, look, I'm Hersey. I'm just finishing supper. I'm sitting here toying with my cup of java. The fellas are playing soft music. I'm looking at you.
3: You're looking at me. Gee, you're swell.
10: Gee, thanks. I, I mean, well, that's swell for a starter. What else, Clarence?
3: Well, well, something like this, maybe. The charm of you is comparable to a christmas tree with toys with little girls and boys when first they see the tree the thrill of you is comparable to the thrill i felt when i First learned a heart could sigh, and you were the reason why. And yet, and yet, if we two had never met, I'd know your grace, that warmth
6: of faith
3: that only the angels get and so comparing you with all of these things is all that I can do because they add up to the
6: charm of
10: A month's tips to have somebody sing to me like that.
3: Uh, somebody will, Brooklyn. You wait and see. You're a wonderful girl.
10: Oh, go on. I... Hey, here she comes, Miss Abbott. I better get to work.
8: Hello, Clarence.
3: Oh, hello, Susan.
10: Oh, I hope I haven't kept you waiting.
3: Uh-uh.
8: Did you have a nice time today with Mr. Turby?
3: Have uh, uh, mm-hmm.
8: I saw Joe at the studio, you know, and he said that you and Mr. Turby. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, Susan. Yeah, I remember. Look, Susan, there's something I've got to tell you. It, it might make a great difference in the way you feel about seeing me even, but I've got to tell you. Oh,
8: oh please, please don't tell me now, Clarence. I, I like you very much, but, well, we haven't known each other very long, and, well, well sometimes it's a mistake to say things too soon.
3: You think so? Uh,
8: oh, yes, I do.
3: Well, no, I feel better. I was afraid to tell you anyway.
8: Uh, uh, by the way... Where is Joe tonight?
3: Oh, Joe probably has a date with Lola. He's crazy about her.
8: Oh, I see.
3: I mean, I mean, she's crazy about him, and, and he doesn't seem to mind it at all.
8: Well, anyway, Clarence, I can't begin to tell you how grateful
10: I am.
3: Oh, gee, Aunt Susan. It's it's really nothing why I...
10: Ow! Oh, oh, it's all my fault I didn't watch where I was going. Oh, Clarence, just look. You're all over soup.
3: Oh, that, that's all right, Brooklyn. You, you hardly touched me.
10: You want to come out in the kitchen a couple of minutes next to that oven and you'll be dry? I, I think you'd better, Clarence. It's all right.
8: I'll wait for you.
10: Are you getting dried out, Clarence?
3: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing fine.
10: There's a noodle in your hair. Oh. I'll get it for you.
3: Gee, thanks. You know, I... I wish I could stay here and talk to you. You do? Yeah, you know something, Brooklyn? With... with you around, I... well, I feel like I was home again, in Flatbush.
10: Gee, thanks.
3: You're welcome. And that's not all. The more I look at you, Brooklyn... More...
4: Hiya, Clarence.
3: Hey, Joe. I thought you had a date with Lola. Where's Susan? She went to phone. She's checking up on Donald. Look,
4: I've been waiting to get you alone. You having fun? Sure. All you needed was a girl. Look, kid, I've been scouting around. I mean about a turby, and I found out he's rehearsing his orchestra tomorrow morning in the Hollywood Bowl. Uh-huh. We'll nail him there for sure, so don't worry. Everything's going to be okay with you and Susan. Yeah, but jo- Joe, I relax, don't want to... Relax, kid, relax. Just string her along till we see what happens to the morning.
3: Ah, it's no use, Joe. turby's in the bowl, and we're here in the street. Guards at every entrance. Eh, even you can be licked,
4: Joe. We just got to tell Susie the truth, that's all. Okay. Well, she's working at the studio today. I'll try to find her. No, wait a minute, Joe. It's time's up to me to do it. No, no, I- I'll tell her. She'll be good and sore, but she'll be sore at me, right? I'll tell her how it all happened just because you were crazy about her.
3: Well, what's the use? We're due back in San Pedro tomorrow, and our leave is practically over.
4: Oh, Clarence, Susie's not a girl just for a leave. But she's a, she's a kind you come home to, and oh, this'll do it. Joe. Yeah. There's a, there's something I've been wanting to tell you. Why? Ah,
3: uh, never mind. I guess you're right.
4: Okay, I'll meet you at that little bar near Susie's house about six o'clock.
3: Yeah, sure. Okay, Joe. <laughs>
10: here in the middle of the afternoon?
3: I don't know, Brooklyn. Except that I left Joe about three hours ago and I started walking and, well, here I am. That's not the truth. I do know why I'm here. Brooklyn, I love you.
10: Oh, no, Clarence. No, you love Susan.
3: I I did, but I I don't. Uh, I mean, I know it's awful, but I can't help it. I love you.
10: I don't think it's so awful, Clarence.
3: Well, yes, it is. It, may, it means that... Well, it means that I'm fickle. But but say you'll marry me, Brooklyn. Please say you'll Oh, no. No.
10: Florence, what's the matter? Well,
3: I, I've been in such a daze about you, I forgot. Forgot what? That Joe is seeing her now. Joe is... Joe, he's making me out a big guy, so she'll like me. Susan, I mean. And I don't want her to like me. Oh, every time I leave that guy, I get in trouble. Joe!
6: Hey, Joe!
1: Pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: Our stars will return with anchors away in just a moment. We're delighted to have as our guest this evening one of Hollywood's more talented young actresses, Miss Mona Barry. Mona's just finished playing in the screen version of Sinclair Lewis's famous novel, Cast Timberlaine. Right, Mona?
12: Right, Mr. Keeley. And I was very grateful for that part.
2: Well, you're surrounded by a fine cast, Mona, with Spencer Tracy in the title role.
12: And Lana Turner as the woman he loves.
2: That's indeed a dynamic combination.
12: Then there's Zachary Scott in that suave, menacing type of role he does so well.
2: Great stars and a powerfully emotional love story. Brought to life by that fine director, George Sidney, who, incidentally, also directed the picture we're presenting here tonight.
12: You know, Mr. Keeley... Lana Turner is becoming so versatile, I expect any day that Big League Baseball is going to make her an offer.
2: <laughs> you mean after that sandlot baseball sequence in the picture? <laughs>
12: yes. You should have seen her practicing. She had plenty of falls, but that didn't stop her. I felt sorry, though, for the wardrobe department having to freshen her tomboy shorts and shirts so often.
2: John Kennedy can tell you why you needn't have worried.
1: That's right, Mr. Keeley. At metro golden Mayor, where they filmed Cast Timberlake, they used Lux Flakes for everything washable as they do at other leading Hollywood studios.
12: Well, I should have known when I saw how wonderful they looked every time. After all, I'm a Lux fan myself.
1: With the studios, Lux care is a a matter of saving dollars and cents. It's so safe for colors. Keeps them new-looking up to three times as long.
12: That's really true.
1: Proved true by actual washing tests. When colors were washed the wrong way, they soon looked faded and old. That's what strong soap, hot water, and rough handling can do. But when the laboratory took identical fabrics and washed them the luxe way, they stayed color-fresh up to three times as long.
12: And what girl doesn't appreciate that nice-as-new-luxe look these days?
1: Right you are. Keeping nice washables new-looking up to three times as long is a fine thing for the budget. Thank you for coming tonight, Miss Mona Barry. Back now to our
2: producer, William Keeley. Act three of Anchors Away, starring Frank Sinatra as Clarence, Catherine Grayson as Susan, and Jean Kelly as Joe. Clarence Doolittle. He's so in love with the waitress from Brooklyn, he forgot all about the fact that Joe's been patiently waiting at the picture studio to see Susan, to tell her the truth about the make-believe audition, and shoulder all the blame. But there's one fact Clarence couldn't possibly know. Joe Brady's fallen quite hopelessly in love himself with Susan.
8: Why, Joe, I didn't know you were here. Hello,
4: Susan. Are they through shooting? Can can I talk to you?
8: Well, what would you like to say, Joe? Well, I... Oh, well, perhaps I can tell you. Clarence is a very fine boy. Oh, I know that. You saved his life, so you owe him something. And you've decided that he's just about right for me. Does that about cover it?
4: No. No, that doesn't come anywhere near it.
8: Oh, yes. And you, well, you like a very definite type of girl... and I'm very definitely not it.
4: don't be mad, Aunt Susie. (sighs) I'm sorry. What is it, Joe? Well, Susie, what I've got to tell you... Well, uh, well, it's not very easy, but... Uh, oh, the same thing happens every time I'm with you. I, I hear myself saying words that never have anything to do with the things I really feel about you.
8: Well, all I know are the things you say, Joe, and I, I don't like them.
4: But I've never said what I really wanted to say because... oh, well, because my way of saying it just isn't good enough.
8: Well, then there must be some other way.
4: Oh, sure. Sure there is. It comes right out of Romeo and Juliet and The Three Musketeers and all that stuff they say in books and movies. And yeah, yeah, movies. like they're making here now. They're, they're full of words I want to say, but I can't.
8: Well, did you ever think of trying, Joe?
4: No, nah, you'd laugh at me. I'd laugh at myself. Words like that don't go with sailor suits and four-day leaves and the world we live in. They... Will you see that scenery over there?
8: Mm-hmm. That's for the picture we're making. yeah.
4: Long ago, make believe—that's tough. A world of cloaks and swords, and uh, I don't know if—if if you lived in a place like that, I could tell you.
8: Oh, Joe, why don't you tell me? Please tell me.
4: But I—All right, then I will. Susan,
6: I—I love you. I love you.
3: late, Joe. It's half past six. I'm sorry, Clarence. Joe. Yeah? You, uh... Yeah? You nothing. Clarence? Yeah, Joe?
4: If I was to tell you that I... No. It's been a hot day, hasn't it? Bartender, give me a beer. Joe, look, I gotta... No, Clarence, it. you look. Clarence, sometimes things happen and... Well, you you just can't help them, see? you well, you meet somebody, and you don't think it's anything, and then, well, all of a sudden, it is something, and I... Gee, that's exactly the way it happened. Don't I know? Yeah, it's wonderful, though. Well, it could be, but not when you double-cross a pal. When did you find out, Joe? Today. But I've had a hunch about it pretty nearly from the beginning. You did? Yeah. Yeah, it's
3: funny. I, I didn't. Not, not until I kissed her. Huh? Of course, last night when she dropped the noodle soup on me, I should have known then
4: the di- the waitress
3: yeah, gee, she's a terrible waitress
4: Oh no, no
3: yeah Joe, you mean you mean you're not sore? oh no, me? no, I'm not sore. <laughs> is she sore Susie Susie no I, I wouldn't say she acted sore, no, not at all, even when you told her there wasn't going to be any audition Any audition? no <laughs> Joe Joe, you mean you you didn't tell her uh-uh. Well, what did you tell her? What could you be talking about all this time? Oh, just things. Joe, you're in love with Susan yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, I'm not such a dope, Joe. You're gonna ask her to marry you, aren't you, Joe? Gee, I'd sure like to. Well, when? Before or after she doesn't have the audition with a Turby.
4: (laughs) A Turby? Clarence, I gotta get to a Turby. Mm. But yeah. He's got to light some place. He's got to have some place he calls home. He... Home. Home, Clarence.
6: Home! Come on, Clarence!
3: Yes, gentlemen? Oh, good morning. Has Mr. Returb... Become... You're the same sailors who were here last night. All night. We slept under the tree. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, but he gave a concert last night in Bakersfield. Yeah,
4: you you told us. That was last night, but it's. He just
3: phoned. He's going straight to the studio. Oh, thanks. Gee whiz, that's awful. What are you going to do, Joe? You know, our bus leaves at noon.
4: Well, I'll I'll go straight to Susie's house and stop her before she leaves for the audition. Uh, Now, look, Clarence, don't let this spoil it for you, kid. You you go to see Brooklyn. You you haven't got much time. Well... I'll be glad to go with you, Joe. Nah, beat it, pal. This this is something i got to handle myself.
7: And I've been worried, Joe. I was afraid you wouldn't come and see me again.
4: Ah, Donald, you don't think I'd go away without saying goodbye?
7: Joe, if you're looking for somebody, Aunt Susie isn't home. She went to the studio. You can see Mrs. Murphy, though.
4: Uh, No thanks, Donald. Look kid, I, I've got to get back to my ship and, well, will you tell Aunt Susie something for me? You you tell her that, that I tried awfully hard to make things come out right and that I'm awfully sorry it had to end that way. Have you got that? Yes, sir. Good. Well, thanks, sailor. Thanks a lot. Well, here you are, Susie. Your coffee and donut... Thanks, Eddie. I wouldn't have kept you waiting, but seeing who you were just talking to...
8: Boy, Jose
4: Eterby!
8: Oh, and I'm the biggest fool you ever saw. Hey, now, wait a minute. Sure I was talking to him, Eddie. Didn't you hear me? Good morning, Mr. Turby. I'm so excited. Imagine running into you here in the cafeteria. Huh? Susie, what is this? What is it? It's just the joke of the month. Oh, I was foolish enough to believe in someone. I thought he was my friend. And he told me he'd arranged it all with Mr. Turby and I. You mean you were gonna <laughs> sing for a Turby and everybody knew about it but a Turby? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Eddie. I just can't help it. Oh, Eddie? Eddie, do you
11: know a girl named Abbott? Susan Abbott.
4: That's her right there, Miss Green, and she ain't feeling so hot.
11: Well, maybe I can make her feel better. Miss Abbott, I'm Mr. Turby's secretary. Remember? Oh, oh yes, I, I do, and. I promise I won't ever bother him again. You see, I didn't know... He, he didn't know either, Miss Abbott, but he knows now. You thought you had an audition for 11.15 this morning, didn't you? Yes, I made a terrible mistake. Well, Mr. Aturby thinks a screen test and audition would be much better. He what? Well, I would have come sooner, but I've been busy phoning wardrobe and makeup. Here, here are your instructions are all in this paper. Stage three, Miss Abbott, at 11.15. <laughs>
8: from the
5: heart of a lonely poet came a song for the girl he adored though she tried very hard not to show it she was terribly terribly bored but then the poet asked her if she'd like words and her eyes shone and the moon shone and the star
6: shone. On.
5: You could see it.
4: That was wonderful. Come to my office as soon as you're through talking to Mr. Atterby.
8: Oh, thank you very much.
4: Young woman, you're going to be a star.
3: Ah, oh, look, Joe, just because
4: we're off duty, what do we have to sit here in quarters for? All you do is sit and stare. I'm looking at the harbor. We're shoving off tonight, aren't we? It'll be a long time before we see land again, won't it? Ah, uh, don't give me that. Why don't you write Susie a letter, Joe? No, I don't have anything to tell her. Well, tell her you're sorry. She knows I'm sorry. How does she know? Clarence, you write a letter, will you? Write Brooklyn Two letters, or wash some socks, or go to sleep, I don't... <clears throat> Joe, what's the matter, Joe? The
3: O.D. Oh, excuse me, sir. I didn't see you. Simon Brady. Aye, aye, sir. Stephen Doolittle. Aye, aye,
4: sir. Why aren't you men on deck? Don't you know there's a big entertainment program about to start? Don't you want to see those Hollywood stars? Well, we're off duty, sir, and I well, I guess we don't feel like being entertained. Oh, you don't, don't you?
2: There's a man named Turby on board asking for you. Eterby?
4: He's asking for us.
2: You heard me. Aft on the quarter deck. Get going. Both of you.
3: He said after deck, Joe, but I wouldn't know it, if I. Brooklyn!
0: Blackbush!
3: What are you doing here?
10: Oh, you're complaining, honey.
3: Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Hey, Joe. Look at me. I'm kissing her, Joe. I'm hugging her, Joe. Hey, Joe, I'm a wolf. I'm a... Hey, where's Joe?
10: See where the band is? Well, look.
3: Aunt Susie.
10: Yeah, Aunt Susie. All hands attention. All
4: hands
3: attention. At ease, man. I've been requested by our guest of honor, Mr. Atterby, to grant a young artist permission to make her debut right here. Therefore, I'd like to introduce a singer discovered by the United States Navy, Miss Susie.
7: And Susie, there's Joe, there's our Joe. Joe. Susie. Uh,
3: uh, Therefore, in about five minutes, I'd like to introduce a young
2: singer discovered by the United States Navy. Meanwhile, I am sure the band has something to contribute Yes,
6: sir!
1: Our stars will return for their curtain calls in a moment. What's that book you're reading, Libby?
9: Oh, a book of riddles. Let's see how smart you are, John. Uh, Here's one What word of five letters is never pronounced right?
1: You have me there.
9: It's wrong. W-R-O-N-G, see? (laughs) Try this. Why is a bridegroom more expensive than a bride?
1: Oh, I give up. What's the catch?
9: The bride is given away.
1: Oh, but it's going to cost (laughs) them plenty after they're married.
9: Oh, not if she's a luxe bride. For instance, she'll get three pretty slips for the price of one.
1: And that's no riddle, ladies. We know by actual washing tests that slips and nightgowns washed the luxe way stay lovely three times as long. Identical slips washed the wrong way with a strong soap, hot water, and rough handling look faded and old very soon.
9: So if you wash your undies the Lux way, it's like getting three lovely garments for the price of one. And that's especially important these days when our dollars have to stretch like a rubber band.
1: Lux flakes are real budget stretchers because they're such thrifty care for all your nice things. Here's Mr. Keeley at the microphone.
2: For rounding out the year on such a happy note... Our thanks to Joe Pasternak, who produced Anchors Away, and to the stars who brought it to our stage, Frank Sinatra, Katherine Grayson, and Gene Kelly. You've set a challenging standard for us with tonight's performance. Well, Bill, we're very glad that you got back from Washington in time to join us.
8: Yes, and what's this I hear about your making off with the door to J. Edgar Hoover's office?
2: Well, we had to get a shot of that door, so instead of carting our cameras upstairs, we just uh, stole the door and brought it down.
4: Well, that's quite something, stealing a door from under the FBI's nose.
2: Actually, the FBI was most cooperative.
4: We'll be looking forward to seeing that picture when it's finished, Bill.
2: Thanks, Frank, and I'm looking forward to the film that you and Catherine just finished for Metro-Golden-Mare, <laughs> The Kissing Bandit.
8: Well, all I can say is that Frank's voice is as good as ever in that picture.
4: For that matter, that husband you keep at home is
2: no slouch either. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Johnny Johnston? Yeah. He and Catherine make a fine duo. As for you, Gene, we're happy to see you on your feet again.
3: Yes, after all those broken legs, I'm sure Gene's fans are anxious to know if he'll ever dance for them again.
4: Well, here's my answer, Frank. Well, lay it on us, (laughs) kid.
2: Yes, sir. Looks like the old Kelly, Gene. And
8: Gene's fans will have a chance to see him dance when MGM releases his next picture called The Pirate.
2: Say, speaking of pictures, Bill, what's playing here next week? Next Monday night, to start the new year off with flying colors, we're presenting RKO's great comedy success, The Farmer's Daughter, with its two romantic stars, Loretta Young and Joseph Cotton. And lovely Loretta has, I think, the most entertaining role of her career in this gay adventure of a Swedish housemaid Grappling with love and politics A
3: wonderful way of saying Happy New Year, Bill Good night Good Good night night
2: And best wishes to all three of you (laughs) Before we meet again The old year will have passed us by And with it Speed our outworn prejudices and mistakes We stand upon the threshold Of new opportunity The chance to strive anew For tolerance and justice to the end that all mankind may truthfully look forward to a Happy New Year. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in wishing you the best of health and happiness in 1948. And we invite you to join us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Loretta Young and Joseph Cotton in The Farmer's Daughter. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood.
1: Frank Sinatra, Catherine Grayson, and Gene Kelly appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor musical Good News, starring June Allison and Peter Lawford. Heard in our cast tonight were Francis Robinson as Brooklyn and Johnny McGovern as Donald. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. And this is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear The Farmer's Daughter with Loretta Young and Joseph Cotton. Pepsodent 1 by 3 to 1. Yes, in a recent survey, families throughout America compared new Pepsodent toothpaste with the brands they'd been using at home. By an overwhelming average of 3 to 1, they preferred new Pepsodent with irium over any other brand they tried. They said new Pepsodent toothpaste tastes better, makes breath cleaner, makes teeth brighter. Yes, with families who made comparison tests, Pepsodent won by 3 to 1. Be sure to listen next Monday night to the Lux Radio Theater presentation of The Farmer's Daughter with Loretta Young and Joseph Cotton. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows immediately over most of these stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
6: Ohio, ready for
11: some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition.